0: To I was headed for the company store I watch my children start no more. Tonight I'm gonna feed them I haven't worked in 40 days for 23 I've had no pay in a week I'll have no place to stay in And now they'll have to kill me And now they'll have to kill me After the town will die for the mining of the coal The other half will leave when the mine decides to close, and the people are left to start the death of the hands of the company store. They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them. Half the town will die for the mining of the coal. The other half will leave, when the mine decides to close. And the people are left to start the death of the hands of the company store. They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them. Burn it down.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 56 of your ex-boyfriend's podcast. And happy Labor Day. As you can tell by the title of this episode, that's what it's all about. That's what we're talking about today. What is Labor Day? Where did it come from? Why is it important? What does it mean for the average person? the average person listening to this podcast. It's going to be short and sweet. I don't want to get too far into this. I don't want this to turn into a sermon (laughs) by me. Um, So it's going to be short and to the point. And most importantly, it's going to be, uh, I hope, informative. And I think that... If you take anything out of the episode today, if you learn anything, I hope you take away how important today is and how important the movement behind Labor Day is. So, without further ado, here's the Labor Day episode. So first of all, let's talk about what Labor Day is. What is today? September 4th, all about. Where did it come from? In a nutshell, I think the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, on their their actual website, gives a pretty good um, description, a pretty good generalized idea of, of what Labor Day is. On the website, the DOL says, Labor Day is an annual celebration of the social and economic achievements of American workers. The holiday is rooted in the late 19th century when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. And right off the bat, while I do think that is very on-the-nose and appropriate and a decent explanation of the holiday itself that we recognize at a federal level in this country i think what is more important is the idea behind the people the movement that led to the country the government adopting labor day as a federal holiday in the late 19th century or we could also call that the late 1800s, this is when America was experiencing a vast and quickly moving push to industrialize. This was during the Industrial Revolution when we had workers um, going to factories, going to mines, um, being a part of these large companies that were essentially looking for uh, cogs in the machine to put out as much product, whatever that product ended up being, uh, put out as much of it as possible. As such, uh, you had really, really, really poor conditions for the average American worker within these companies like conditions of low pay of awful working hours of very dangerous working environments um in many cases with you know compared to today's standards completely like batshit insane injury and fatality rates from a my own personal um uh, experience with my union, the IBW. One of the uh, commonly touted statistics that we like to share in the IBW is our union was created because at the time during this industrial revolution, during the late 1800s, electrical workers were um, dying. At a 50 percent rate half of your workforce when it came to doing electrical work during the you know beginning of the electrification of america half of your workforce would die during the worst of this and um that's terrible (laughs) right i think we can all agree so it was in this same environment that um, there was a push for better conditions, better pay. Without going too far into all the minute details, the short version of this is Americans, I should say, American workers organized into unions and together fought for better, just I'll lump everything under the term conditions, better conditions for the American worker. And eventually there was the push to recognize the efforts of these people, of these unions, of these organizations, uh, with holiday. And, you know, if you do some reading, you'll find that there was initially, there was a, um, you know, push to have this done on, on May 1st, on May Day or, uh, It's also known as International Workers' Day, and there is some politics, as you might imagine, about why we don't celebrate it on May 1st here in America, why it's celebrated in September. So, you know, we'll move past that. But, long story short, these uh, people, these organizations, um, are recognized on Labor Day, for their contributions to making American workers' lives better. That's the very short, compact history of Labor Day. And going forward, I think... Going forward, we're going to talk about more what these people... What these organizations have done and are currently doing for um, the average working American. And so you might be asking yourself, what have unions done? What has the organized labor movement, starting way back in the late 1800s, what has this movement done for us, for Americans, for the country... What has it done for me, right? You might be asking yourself any of these questions. Specifically, if you are not a union member, if you don't work in an industry that has a union, if you don't work with people who are are interested in that sort of thing or vocal about it, or you don't come from a family with union workers, there's tons of people in this country who have no idea what a union can actually do what the significance of organized labor actually is. And if that's you, that's okay. Not blaming you. Maybe we'll learn something um, with this episode. So, if you're asking yourself, what is the deal with unions? What have they done? What do they do? Here's the short and sweet. Throughout the last, God, what's it been? 150 years the unions in america the organized labor movement has given i shouldn't say given has fought for most if not every benefit that you get as a working person in this country and these benefits apply to the lowest paid, you know, federal minimum wage, $7.25 an hour, part-time labor. And it applies to, or I should say these benefits apply to all the way up to the CEO of, you know, Exxon Mobil and Amazon, all those motherfuckers. (laughs) Starting off, one of the number one things that these unions have fought for is better pay, the living wage, the right to get paid enough to make a living, to survive and to thrive in the environment in which you live and work. Now, as many of you know, as I well know, this is a constant uphill battle. This is never ending. This is something that we still fight for today and, you know, God willing, never will we give up the fight because a lot of us don't make a living wage. A lot of us don't get the pay that we deserve for the job that we do. And I'm not, when I say we, I am using that as the like, you know, collective. I'm not necessarily lumping myself into that group. Because, as I've spoken about before, for the job that I do, for the union-represented job that I do, I make a very good wage. I make a living wage, and I'm able to thrive in my environment. But that being said, the collective we, there are many of us, and by us I mean working Americans, who do not make a living wage, who are not able to thrive, who maybe barely survive, or not at all, on the pay that we do for the work, or I should say, on the pay that we get for the work that we do. And that is what unions are fighting for. Maybe number one is we live in a capitalist society, we have to make money in order to live. We should all be making what we deserve, and we should all be making more in order to not just survive, but to thrive. That is what unions are fighting for. I would say that's probably number one, because everything else, while it is very important, everything else that unions have fought for, that organized labor cares about, unfortunately, at some point, falls secondary to how much money do I make? Because that's the culture, that's the society that we live in. You have to make money. So, better pay, living wages. We've also got the 40-hour work week. We've also got weekends, Saturday and Sunday, and we've also got the eight-hour work day. Organized labor fought and succeeded in acquiring that for everybody. Without organized labor, we don't have the 40-hour work week. We don't have working five days a week. We don't have working eight hours a day. Prior to unions fighting for this stuff you had people working seven days a week in a factory you had people working those 12 14 16 hour shifts in a mine you had no days off you had to work every day that the factory or the mine or the farm whatever you had to work every day that they were open for business now we don't have that and Many people that take that for granted don't realize that without the people in these organized labor, you know, institutions, without them fighting this fight back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, we would still be doing that. There would still be, you know, unchecked, just working day and day after day. after day, after day, (laughs) just which, as we all know, as the studies easily show, is terrible for quality of life, for your health, for quality of relationships, you know, that obviously does not work, that is not working to live, that turns into living to work, so you have better pay, and you have your standard work week, and your standard work day, We'll run through a couple more of these that don't need (laughs) as much explanation. Uh, You have employer health coverage when you work for an employer for uh, full-time hours, or I guess in some cases, I think even part-time. Well, I I think the requirement is full-time, but some employers do go above and beyond and offer health coverage to part-time workers, but whatever. The requirement is if you work full-time for somebody, they have to give you health care. Um, workers comp, if you get injured on the job in the course of your normal duties, there is compensation for that. You don't just have to go without a paycheck. Uh, unions fought for safety, um, on the job for working conditions in general to not be exposed to unnecessary hazards, to not go into the coal mine and breathe coal dust for decades and then come out with black lung, I'm sorry, come out with black lung and, you know, just be given the fucking boot out onto the street. Sorry. You're no longer worth anything to us. Get gone. Um, child labor laws. You used to have literal children as young as, you know, single-digit children working in some of the most dangerous jobs in the country, in factories and in mines, and in a lot of cases not even being paid, not compensated in any way for their labor. You have... Uh, Uh, fair pay. And I don't want to say that's like legislation necessarily, but as I spoke of with the better pay, this idea of fair pay, this idea that we should all be making a certain amount for what we do, um, and everybody who works this job should be making that. There should be nobody making wildly different amounts for doing the same job. Um, Protection from firing Unions in these collectively bargained uh, agreements, there is protection from arbitrary firing, this bullshit idea of at-will employment. That's what unions protect you from. And granted, this doesn't exist everywhere. This idea of protection from wrongful termination, that exists primarily within union jobs, if you are actively represented. Unfortunately, that is the case. These Um, Regulations that protect you From you know Being fired at a moment's notice With no notice That was a weird way to say that (laughs) Protection from being fired At the drop of a hat Um, That only applies unfortunately To people who are represented We're fighting for that to be Extended to everybody But as with everything on this list It's an uphill battle It's going to take time you know, the the battle's been going for 150 years at this point, as far as, you know, organized labor is concerned. Um, there's unemployment. If you have been laid off, and, you know, recently with the COVID pandemic, we saw this in stark relief. You have people who are unable to work, or you have people who are told you cannot work. How does that person maintain, you know, the basic necessities of life. Unemployment. In this country, we have unemployment. And, you know, we saw that even for myself. And I'm very lucky that I didn't have to rely on it for too long. I think it ended up being maybe two months during, you know, the worst part of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. You, where was I going with that? (laughs) I'm getting riled up um you you had people who you know were relying on that to feed themselves to feed their families to maintain the basic standards of life what else is there retirement benefits do you have a 401k do you have a pension i mean most of you probably not because pensions have you know the war on pensions has been long um do you have any sort of employer provided retirement thank you to unions you know that that was organized labor fighting for that and then one of the most important things that organized labor has worked for is going hand in hand with the civil rights movement all of the Progress that you see with civil rights, um, with betterment of treatment for people in general in this country. Those fights were done. Were those fights were conducted with the backing of the men and women of these organizations at the end of the day organized labor is fighting for workers rights and without discriminating against what type of worker or where that worker is from or what language that worker speaks or what color that worker is workers rights are a subsection of civil rights. You are required to work in this country, in most cases, in order to earn a living. You are required to have money in order to maintain any sort of standard of living. So if we apply that to, you know, every average working class person, even if you're not technically, you know, quote unquote working class, if, if we just say that, hey, if you have to work, For a living, as most everybody does, you deserve rights. You deserve X, Y, Z rights. If we're saying that, then I feel like that very obviously goes hand in hand with, do you exist in this country? Do you exist as a person? You also deserve rights, right? (laughs) So uh, if it's not clear by now, I guess what I'm trying to say is, most everything that the average person has, I should say that the average working person has in terms of pay and benefits and anything that, you know, seems reasonable, like the 40-hour work week or, you know, workers' comp for if you get hurt or, you know, not having literal 8-year-olds working in a factory. Any of that stuff, you can trace back to the fight That has been going on between companies between the government even and organized labor unions the working class is the true backbone of this country which sounds very cliche i know but i'll explain a little bit the nation was literally built on the backs of working men and women. And nothing of value exists without the working class, without laborers, without people producing or building or creating or fixing. Everything that our capitalist society puts a dollar amount Two, was designed and built and used by working class citizens. And to me, the fucked up thing about that is that the people in this country and throughout the world, this is not a United States problem by any means, the people who are the most well-off, the people who have the most money, the people who have, by proxy, the most freedom to do what they want to do with their lives. Those people are actually the ones who aren't contributing anything tangible to the good of the country. They are not creating the product. They are not the ones designing the product. They are not the ones doing the service. These are investors and bankers, and real estate owners, and landlords, etc. They are people who are actually non-contributory. I think that's how you say that. <laughs> they don't contribute anything other than ideas, management, funds. And some people might say, well, you have to have those things you have to have those people at a certain level in order for a capitalist society to exist. Those people are natural products of the framework that we exist in. And I don't disagree. But the reason I say it's fucked up is that it's those people who are doing the best, who are uh, benefiting the most from this system. The reason I say that is because you could take any one of the working class you could take a laborer a service worker you could take a construction worker a architect a cop a anybody who actually gets out there and does something tangible does something of value that benefits in general whether that's other people or a company or a society you could take any one of those people and Invest time and training and energy and resources into that person and turn them into a leader, an investor, uh, a company owner, or a business owner. You could turn one of those people into the other. However, what you can't do is take the CEO, take the investors, the bankers, whatever, you cannot take them and create. A labor force. it doesn't work in the opposite direction. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but you have to have a labor force to produce anything that, that's non-negotiable, and any one of those people can ascend to another level of, you know, whatever you want to call that success. But what you can't do is pretend like the people at the top who are benefiting the most could then step down and do the job, of the people that they rely on. It just doesn't work that way. There's not enough of them. They see themselves <laughs> as above that. I mean, there's so many reasons. I And honestly, I, I would love to, but I don't think I really have time to get into why that doesn't work. But the value of our society is in... The lowest, and I use that term, you know, loosely, it's in quotes, the lowest um, denomination, if you want to call that, that the, that exists in the capitalist structure. It is the worker. The ones who contribute the most would be paid the least if the people at the top had their way. And in many cases, this is already how things operate. Agriculture is a great example of this. People who work in this country to provide the, you know, most base resource of food for people to consume in order to live, those people are making, like, poverty wages. The people who pick the fruit, who pick the vegetables. Even farmers. Farmers aren't getting rich unless they are, you know, long-standing generational um, operations. You can't break into farming now and make it big. So, what am I getting to here? Like, what is the takeaway? I would like everybody to please remember that while it is the next day, you know, this is Tuesday. Yesterday, Labor Day, the celebration, the day off, it's not about... Back to school sales. It's not about the Labor Day sales. It's not about the start of school or the start of football season. It's not about having a day off of work. Labor Day is a celebration of the essential building block of our society. It's about coming together in solidarity for the good of everyone, not just for some. In this country, organized labor has fought for over a century to lift everyone up and continues to do so. And that is why we celebrate on Labor Day. That is what it's about. With that in mind, I would encourage everybody who's listening to get on the computer and do a little bit of research not a ton it's pretty easy to find um do a little bit of research on the history of labor day and the history of uh workers rights in this country and the history of uh unions and organized labor and uh institutions like you know the IBW or or the AFL-CIO or the Strategic Organizing Center like get familiar with the history that has gotten us to where we are today. As I've said before, I think I know that that knowledge is power. And I think that, you know, the average person could stand to learn a lot from, you know, just a little bit of research, just a little bit of insight into how things got to the way they are now. Like we have, a lot of good that came out of the last 150 years. We have a lot of benefits, and those are all due to men and women who fought and oftentimes died um, for these rights. So when you are enjoying that day off from work, when you're enjoying that you know, 20% off wherever you're shopping, um, it, it's good to know why we're even celebrating so on that note, I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you once again to everybody who sticks around for this podcast and thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening to me um, rant about something that I'm passionate about and something that is is very important. It's critical to all of us who work for a living so Thank you. I appreciate every single one of you. And as always, if you want to reach out, if you have anything you want to say to me, comments, questions, you want to be a guest, you can email me at yourexbfpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at your underscore exbf underscore podcast, and I will post um, on there with every episode that I release. So, until next time... Take care of yourselves, get educated, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: I slammed the door a quarter to four, said it for the company store. I watched my children starve no more tonight. I'm gonna feed them. I haven't worked in 40 days for 23. I've had no pay in a week, I'll have no place to stay. And out they'll have to kill me. And now they'll have to kill me. On the way, met I met Big Johnny Hines, the strongest man in City Mines. I told Big Johnny of my blight, his voice grew loud with anger. the today's a good, a day to die, as any that'll come to mind. I'd have at home a sickly wife, and I haven't worked since Easter. We haven't worked since Easter. Half the town will die, and the mining of the coal, the other half will leave the mind decides to close and the people are left to starved to death at their hands of the company store they'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them burn it down boys burn it down boys burn it down I said to the head they'll shoot us down like our fathers but like them we're already dead and down Down. The store I am will burn down, burn it to a cinder as I spoke these words before my eyes. The doors and windows open wide, and ten more miners join my side. Left the stars of death at the hands of the company's door They'll bring the army in on us When the union gets too close to them Burn it down, boys Burn it down, boys
1: Burn it down I said
0: to the head, they'll shoot us down like our mothers But like them, we already dead I was headed for the company store I watch my children starve no more. Tonight I'm gonna feed them I haven't worked in 40 days for 23 I've had no pay in a week I'll have no place to stay in. And now they'll have to kill me And now they'll have to kill me after the town will die for the mining of the coal the other half will leave when the mine decides to close, And the people are left to starve to death at the hands of the company store. They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them. Half the town will die for the mining of the coal, The other half will leave when the mine decides to close, And the people are left to starve to death at the hands of the company store. They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them. Burn it down, boys! shoot us down like our fathers, but like they them are already, already dead. And